The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we are live on Wednesday, September 23rd on the Wrestling Inc. podcast for Wednesday night as we're going to break down AEW Dynamite and NXT along with a few news items. I'm Justin Labar alongside the man who makes wrestling Inc. possible, Mr. Raj Geary. Raj, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. And on the other side, he is the blueprint, Matt Morgan. Matt, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. <laughs> Figured I need to thank you on behalf <laughs> of the entire Wrestling Inc. All right, guys. So uh, I had both screens up tonight. There's a lot going on on both shows, uh, which we will get to. We also have a few other news items we'll get to as well. But I want to start off the show on a somber but uh, respectful note uh, as the wrestling world lost another one of the greats. Uh, Joe Laurinaitis, best known to wrestling fans, Road Warrior Animal, passed away at age 60. Uh, more details are on Wrestling Inc., but I mean, Raj, I think, I think it was they're saying natural causes, nothing, um, uh, not a major incident, correct? That's what TMZ is reporting. Uh, uh, it's really sad. I mean, yesterday, uh, Road Warrior Animal, uh, Joe Lonernitis, he had tweeted a picture of his wife and he had said that it's their anniversary. So awesome. it happened that night. And um, yeah, apparently police got there. It was like 11.49 p.m., got to their home. And as soon as he was taken to the hospital, he was declared, uh, declared ah. dead. So. Man, I mean, this is, I mean, you talk about the greatest tag teams of all time. I bet you more people would name the Road Warriors than any other team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I saw they were actually at a resort. They were, at, they were at like at a resort celebrating their anniversary. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. They were at a resort. Damn. Yeah, so, I mean, you guys, I mean, we all, we've all been fans our entire lives. I mean, Matt, do you have a, 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 a memory as a kid seeing the Road Warriors or a match or something, a promo? Yeah, they we I lived in Connecticut, so we didn't get NWA. But for whatever rhyme or reason, there was a uh, an event at this huge baseball stadium where I'm from in Connecticut. And I seen Sergeant Slaughter, who knew my aunt, and um, I guess she, they met him at some radio contest or something like that. I don't know, but I was able to go backstage with my cousins, and um, they're my two female cousins that didn't watch wrestling, didn't care, and then the Road Warriors were on this show. And we got to meet them, and they, they weren't breaking kayfabe. They were like, get out of the way. What are these kids doing back here? And uh, my my two cousins like were taking up all the airtime, basically. And I got really pissed, really pissed. I was like, you, sh- you two shouldn't even be back here. They don't even watch wrestling. Don't listen to them. They don't watch wrestling. I love you guys. And they're like, well, we don't love you. And they walked away. And... <laughs> And I told I told Joe that many many years ago, on SmackDown, he'd come backstage wearing a suit and stuff. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, holy shit, that's freaking Road Warrior, you know. And I was like, I'm not sure though. Like, I I thought he'd be much. I thought he'd be like much taller, you know, because I was a little kid last time I saw him in person. I was like seven, eight years old, whatever I was. But um, and uh, just uh, giving me pointers, advice, just not to be nervous. It was like my third time being up on the road, I think. Um. Very, very nice guy. I also found out that day that that was a guy I hate, Johnny Ace's uh, brother. <laughs> I don't hate him, but back then I did. Right. Um, 
You know what I mean? It was, I thought it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, they, no, they look nothing alike. How are these yeah. two brothers? You know? But that's it. I remember Johnny Ace says the dude with attitude when he'd come with the, the skateboard to the ring. And when I found out that was Road Warrior Animal's brother because he was doing that gimmick then, I was like, that just makes no sense to me. Yeah. It's just, it's like when I found out Lanny Poffo was Randy Savage's brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like, what? Uh, yeah, Animal, I mean, he was, uh, I mean, he was just a legend uh, growing up. I was a big WWF fan when I was younger. Watched NWA on the side, and Road Warriors were always those guys. I was like, man, WWF, they need to get these guys. I mean, these guys are going to be awesome. And then they created Demolition. I was a big Demolition fan. The Road Warriors came in, and they never got to do that axe and smash versus the Road Warriors, like on a pay-per-view. They, no. had, they had Crush come had crush. and just diluted. I mean, Axe was injured, so he couldn't do it. And I remember being bummed <laughs> out, but, I mean, they were just I, awesome. Uh, I always had a problem with Demolition's physique versus... Yeah. The Road Warriors. I'm like, this isn't even a comparison. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Road Warriors are jacked. No offense to Demolition. They're not jacked. Crush kind of was. But, I mean, the first two. Right. Axe yeah. definitely wasn't. They they won me over. I I, I was... A lot of everybody says this, what you're saying. You're, yeah. I mean, lots of fans think that. But in my head, when I was a little kid, I was like, how do people not see the difference between these two physiques, between yeah. the two teams? I remember when the Powers of Pain came into WWF, and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to kill Demolition. When- I got to see them live. Yeah. Holy crap! Huge, so tall. Yeah. And something cool I want to note—well, not cool because it's about the passing—but something I, I thought that was interesting. WWE released a statement, as you know they would, um, as he's one of the greats for them. And in the statement, it's pretty lengthy. Uh, I know it's somewhere on the site, but one point that they make a note of is how a term that has become coined in the wrestling industry is road warrior pop. And I thought that was interesting because obviously that is a, that's a true statement, but WWE and official statements don't normally acknowledge insider terminology or something like a road warrior pop. So I thought that that was a huge kind of like nod to, um, to, to acknowledge that in, in, in their tribute to, to Joe Laurentis, uh, AKA animal. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have great memories of Legion of Doom. I was a little bit too young or not born to watch the NWA stuff live. That was certainly some of the first stuff I would go back and find at the video store once I learned about it. But uh, my the coolest memory I got to say is I was at Raw 1000 in, in St. Louis staying at the WWE Hotel, and Joe Laurinaitis was staying uh, one or two doors down from me and the people I were with. And he actually came in our room because we crossed paths in the hallway, had a few beers with us, t- told stories about Hawk, and that was one of the coolest experiences uh, up to that point in my life I'd ever gotten. So rest in peace and uh, hope, hope all is well with the Laura Knight's family through uh, what's obviously a difficult uh, yeah. time here. Hawk had passed away in 2003, uh, just a few months after they had teamed together in Japan. They had faced the Shane Twins in July of 2003. Hawk Shane passed away in Twins. October of 2003. Uh, they were inducted in the WWF Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame a couple years later with Laura Knight's and Paul Ellering uh, doing the in- induction. And Animal actually had a match um, on July 17, 2012, defeating Heath Slater on SmackDown when Heath Slater was doing that uh, that gimmick was Job Set Legends, yeah. That was right. the build. That was the build for Raw 1000. That I, that right, I, yeah. Um, so oh, I, that's where you saw him. I, yeah, the experience I had with him was 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 the night before Raw 1000 in the hotel. Uh, but that that match he had was that's why he was there because remember all the guys that beat right. Heath came back. You know, Sid, you know, Psycho Sid and Lita, everybody that had something to do with beating Heath in that run came for the culmination right. at, at Raw 1000. Yeah. So. Um, Jody Shauna Jenkins uh, with Super Chat saying, I don't think there's been a stronger tag feud than Road Warriors versus the Koloffs. Legendary. I caught that later. Like I, I was kind of like with Justin, it was a little before my time, but going back and watching it, <laughs> I mean, 
that's I mean th- those NWA feuds with the Road Warriors back in those days were just insane. But you, you know, not to you know disrespect him or anybody, but there's so many t- great feuds for tag teams. I mean, you, you also have to put the Midnight's um, and the Rock and Rollers. Um, mm-hmm. there, there, there was a lot. The Horsemen, the horsemen yeah. You know, but uh, man, Road Warrior Pop is that's a, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. They had some great moments in WWF too, but never had those legendary feuds like they had with the NWA. I felt like WWF never no. truly had them in the right program. Well, they never, and they never, they didn't get a lot of rhythm. You know, the '91 was okay, but the '92, like you know, SummerSlam '92 is supposed to be a big deal, and Haw- they showed it at Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. You know, Hawk right. showed up in bad shape. You know, right. so there's only so much you, your hands get tied, and as a company, stuff like that happens. They don't trust you. Yeah. You know, things like that happen. They did definitely over commercialize them. Yeah, like with over- the. Do you remember they had the doll for a while? Yes. Yes. Rocco. Rocco. Oh Rocco. my God! First, the orange, the orange. Uh, it looked like construction gear with the the black spikes instead of the silver spikes. Yeah, they and not being the Road Warriors anymore, just being the Legion of Doom, which they had been known as that as well. The whole group used to be called the Legion of Doom, but it, they just watered them down. And going with Legion of Doom was because they had the Ultimate Warrior already there, right? That's right. why. Yeah, yeah. that's why uh, Kerry Von Erich couldn't be uh, the modern day warrior either. Gotcha. And then he just became Texas Tornado, but right. All right, so again, uh, good, good, good to go down memory lane there. Thinking of the, the memories <laughs> of Road Warrior Animal. Talk about Road Warrior Pop. I mean, uh, Miro when he made his debut at AEW Dynamite a few weeks ago, obviously to a very uh, limited audience, but got a, a a a pandemic Road Warrior Pop because it was pretty loud to be heard. Uh, and Miro got his first match tonight. It was what kicked off Dynamite. Miro and Kip Sabian <clears throat> up against <throat> Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. So again, first time getting to see Miro at the entrance ring gear. The whole nine yards. Uh, to be expected, uh, Miro ends up picking up the victory, ends up doing the accolade, the same finish he had uh, in WWE, uh, does that to Sonny Kiss. So uh, overall, um, he looked in phenomenal shape, Matt. I, I mean, this this was, I think, a good first showing for him. <laughs> he, did look, he did look good. I just don't like him being married to J-Bro. No offense to Kip. Yeah, I, I mean. He's a, bigger, he's a bigger deal than this. No offense. This match was really sloppy. Um Sunny Kiss and I felt like Kip Sabian were just off. Um, and uh, Miro, he should have just had a squash, you know, just a singles squash match and just destroyed somebody. Uh, I, I thought this went a little too long, but it was still the right finish. Miro getting the win for his team. Right, but he needs to be away from this Kip stuff, like, altogether. He does yeah. not need to be a part of them. I don't believe they're friends in real life, and if they are, it makes me think he's a Jay Brown too. I don't want to think that. <laughs> I want to think he's a main event headline star that I, we know he is. Yeah. You know you, I mean? He's a big deal. You are the company you keep. <laughs> but seriously, look how they booked Kip Sabian. You know what I mean? Come on. Penelope right. Ford, okay. Not Kip Sabian. Yeah. Maybe he <laughs> turns on Kip at the wedding and destroys him and then goes on his own. Because uh, I still think Penelope Ford could be a big star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has the poise. She carries herself well. Yep. I mean, she's she has all the qualities. Um, I'm not going to get political, but a super chat here saying he's uh-huh. uh, Bear Hudson saying he's sad today at the loss of uh, Road Warrior Animal and sad uh, and sad with some of the other stuff that's been going on in the news today. Um, and it, it's it's been a rough. I mean, it's su- it's such a sad year. It's been um, it is. yeah, it's been crazy. It's a low bar for t- 2021. <laughs> Yeah, worst, no kidding. Literally the worst year of all time. Yeah. Moving on here with Dynamite uh, again. Uh, Miro, yeah. 
Sabi and uh, get the win. Uh, right as they are exiting, uh, here comes Eddie Kingston uh, entering uh, to the ring. Full this head of steam. Cool. This was cool. Yeah, a great promo here. He he demands keep it on the hard camera. Don't be doing any camera cuts because I'm talking right to this camera. Uh, <laughs> something you don't often hear a wrestler vocalize uh, calling the shots there. Uh, basically cuts a promo saying he was, again, never eliminated technically from that battle royal uh, some weeks back in, uh, the, at the pay-per-view. And uh, that John Moxley, uh, you know, I want, you know, you're mine. I, I deserve a title shot. Of course, this is a pivot and audible from what was supposed to be a six-man tag tonight. But um, Lance Archer, as is one of the news things we'll talk about, Lance Archer not there tonight. He won't be there for 14 days. He has come down and tested positive with COVID. So what was supposed to be a six-man tag got, got switched. Okay. Got switched off here. And so here comes Moxley out of the crowd and uh, comes in. I never liked this, though. The, 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 he and Kingston, nose-to-nose, nose-to-nose, head-to-head each other until no. the refs come. I just don't like the nose-to-nose. I normally g- don't either, but I like this for Eddie Kingston. I, I like this. This made me felt like he was being brought up. I, I liked it. Oh, I liked it, Eddie Kingston. Normally, I don't. No, I liked that, it. No, no, let me be very clear. That visual, I don't normally like. I know what you're talking about, the nose-to-nose crap. With him, I felt it worked because it because you would think Monty would punch anyone else in the mouth. Well, why didn't he punch him in the mouth? Do you know what I mean? So it made me think uh, Eddie he has more respect for Eddie Kingston. Maybe. Yeah. On, on that lo- on that logic, I like it. I, I, so that that makes that wins me over on that logic. But, but do you know what I mean? Like I thought, it yeah. made him look better. But uh, it to, brought him up more. But to me, I think if if, if I'm if, if I'm believing in Eddie Kingston being the badass who's coming out with all these balls, calling Moxley, if Moxley he gets right at the ring, well, yeah, why why aren't you taking the shot at him? You know, why are you just yeah. going nose to nose? To show you what a mark for him I am, I'm going to keep defending him um, <laughs> and rationalizing uh, because he's a heel. Right. That's why. And he and he had a good reason for why he was getting a world title shot, even though he hasn't won a match on Dynamite or pay per view yet. He wasn't you know, eliminated. But he was in the he wasn't eliminated. And that promo yeah. it shows you. I mean, this was what promos are supposed to do. It's supposed to get you excited for a match. And that match I wasn't excited for when they announced it. I knew it was going to be good, but. You knew Eddie Kingston had no chance, but once Eddie cut that promo, I was in. I'm like, yeah. all right, you, you yep. got me. You sold me. I'm, I'm excited for this match. I was more excited for that than the, the gauntlet match on NXT after that promo. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I I do think, I know we'll get to NXT. I do actually think, though, when I looked at the main event side by side, I think the NXT main event, although longer, was better. Was better. But... Was better. It, it had better action, and it meant something. Like I, I didn't. I knew there wasn't gonna be like a title change happening with with AEW, but with, the, with NXT, I I could have any of those five guys could go on to fight Finn Balor. So NXT had a level of unpredictability, but we'll get to that yeah. later on here. All right, uh, so that that break that break apart happens, pull apart happens with all the refs. Uh, next up, we got Kenny Omega. He comes out to the commentary desk doing a little uh, co- color commentary as his uh, buddy Hangman Page is gonna go up against Evil Uno. So all kinds of stuff Matt Morgan loves here. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked like a scrub. Like, dress up. I'm not saying I come out in a three piece suit, but doesn't look like it didn't look like a star to me. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I I kind of take the same thing. I I took the same thing. He you know he he gets a big entry. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the the pillars of this organization, and he comes out in he gym looked, shorts and a t shirt. That's what we look like. Like when we're going through the early run of TV before TV starts that night to test pyro, test your entrance, test the camera shots. Like, that's what you do at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, that's the clothes you wear. You just got back from the gym. You're downing a shake. You're walking through Gorilla, and you, you give them your, your times. You give them your steps so the camera can pick all that crap up. And then later that night, it's live. That's the shit you wear when you do that, what he was wearing. 
Yeah. But you're, you're t- we're still talking about Omega, right? Yeah. Yes. But he, he's just doing commentary, though. I don't know. But he came out with a huge entrance, all the pyro going off. He looked like a star's entrance with a scrub physically, just like what he was wearing. He looked like a fan that had an opportunity to have a really cool entrance. Yeah. If you were clicking through the channels, you didn't follow <laughs> wrestling, he did not look like a star. <laughs> he he didn't carry himself like a star. He does look. I've done the, like the media, the media like uh, access on WrestleMania weekends, and they have the thing where they set up the entranceway, and the fans can pick an entrance. <laughs> he does look like he was That's doing what that. Look like. He's what they should have done is just have him already at ringside on commentary when they they came back from break. You know, so yeah. not look yeah. like you just came back from the gym. Like, like uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, it, he is very important to that company. Yeah, and I just hate to see them continue week after week to put him in situations and make him not look like a big star. That's all. And I gotta say, they're they're starting to lose me on this Page and Omega feud. Starting to, starting to. <laughs> I mean, since the split. I mean, Ugh. Page is already. I feel like Page is losing steam with this. He, he's uh, he he just he's losing his edge. Just doing matches, and it, it's kind of like his personality all of a sudden got taken away from him. And I know they're trying to do a slow burn or something, but you don't want to cool guys off either. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I just feel like. Kenny Omega works really well in the environment that the, uh, of Japan and where he got over. I just I just don't feel like he translates as well as he or Tony Khan or people might. Have it. I just don't think he's worked over here in AEW. I, just, I, I, I want to see him. He's got to. He he has to have heard it enough to where he's got to know people aren't just being haters when we're talking about his promos. Like I, I hope so. I, I hope it's not one of those. I'm just gonna be myself. Screw everybody else. Of course you want to be yourself, but I'll give you an example. I thought like what everyone used to say to me, I talk too fast. It doesn't fit my size. Now that I'm older and I watch back, a part of that's true. Part of it's true. Um, it would make me look, if I wasn't in the ring next to somebody like dwarfing them and I was by myself in a promo with nobody else in it, you wouldn't know I was seven feet tall, 300 pounds, you know? So there's something to be said with your cadence, your tone, your pitch, and your rhythm on how you cut promos and just how you talk in general. And there's something about when he talks, I just don't like it. I don't know how else to say it. I don't like it. You know who is who I feel like would be someone he should listen to uh, on commentary <clears throat> would be Bret Hart back in the day. Because Bret Hart didn't have that uh, crazy wrestler voice or didn't uh, didn't sound like he was cutting a promo and he'd be on commentary. But he you believed everything he said and he got you sucked in. And, and he... he, mm-hmm. he he expanded the feud. He he made it bigger. Uh, this Omega Omega on commentary did nothing to make me more interested in his stuff. I, with Paige. I, I, I think it's hurting him. Yeah, I, I do. I yeah. think it hurts him. I think he's too cute. He's, he's still being too cutesy out there, and I don't know. And it hurts. It hurts Paige in a way. Yeah. So um, nonetheless, he's on commentary as we have Hangman up against Evil Uno, and uh, this match. I believe Which, it was two separate match. They had a. I, I like this match for what it's worth. Yeah, this was actually I think um, for Evil Uno, who I know we've had our, our critiques. No, of, I thought I, I thought he looks. F- this was probably his best match. I'm a fan of Evil uh, of the whole Dark Order. <laughs> I have come full circle. <laughs> it's full circle. Like, okay, maybe not the guys with the mask. Who was it? Five and ten or something. Um, five and ten. five and nine. <laughs> five no, and nine. Ten. I think one's definitely ten. There's 10 on his chest. There's two of them that I was like, yeah, about. But the rest of them I like. I like Uno. Evil Uno. He's gotten better shape. He took constructive criticism, obviously. 
got in good shape. You got to give him credit for that. And, he, and his, his match was good. I like his gimmick. Though. I like his character. Whenever they come out on stage, watch him. He's always sticking out with his mannerisms, his arm behind his back. He always does that gimmick. And he's always pointing and act like he's directing traffic with the group. You know, he's not the leader. Now, oh, uh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Nothing. Well, I, I know a lot. A big reason that you like the Dark Order is is Reynolds and and how funny they are on Silver. being the. I mean, sorry, Silver, and, and how funny they are on being the elite. But if their gimmick is, is their gimmick supposed? Are they supposed to be a scare, like kind of a scary, dangerous no. cult, or are they supposed to be funny? Because on Dynamite, they don't come across as funny. You're right, they don't. But I don't know what they come across to me as. I get, I get it as a cult. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, but um, I think Anna Jay's a badass. I think uh, putting uh, cult, I like cult storyline in it. I actually like that a lot. I think they're doing a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Better than I first thought. I was like, what the hell is he doing in this group? Yeah, I just think if they're supposed to be a cult, just because, like, did you guys watch Game of Thrones? Oh, boy. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. You remember that season where they had the, uh, the, I forget the name, it was like the Sept of Balor, and you had the High Sparrow. And they made Cersei walk naked down the street. Oh, it yeah. was this like it was this cult uh, that kind of took over King's Landing. And so, if they were doing that, and then on the side you had this other show that they were doing, where they're being funny and hilarious and joking with Cersei, and they're doing all these pranks. I you know, see that. there's no, a I disconnect between the what you're <laughs> presenting on screen to millions of people, and uh, or to over a million this, people. This, this is true. Um, that is true. Yeah. I don't know why I like them though. I don't know what to tell you. I yeah. I, I I don't know why. I just think if they're funny, then they make them funny. You know, on on TV too, I guess. But they're not all. F- well, yeah, they are. You gotta watch Game <laughs> the Elite. I don't yeah. know why you guys don't watch it. All right, Bobby, uh, Matt. This one's for you, Bobby Burns. Saying another Morgan rant on Omega. Here we go again. All right, so you didn't get the note, Bobby Burns. <laughs> cut off. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, doesn't I, no, he's not. Who's, no, he's not. I'm just. Kidding. I, I hate <laughs> when you guys cut people off. Don't cut people off. Sorry. <laughs> Dustin X saying, "LOL, fatty Uno wouldn't be as fast like this Uno. He did a wrestling roll, a run to the turnbuckle, etc. Yeah, he's gotten in good shape. He, he yes, looks great he out there. He took constructive criticism. Yeah, and yeah, I, he, and again, I agree with you. The match itself was was strong. It was good. I just think Hangman Page is being watered down a bit, and I'd like to see this get more he intense. Is. He is." I, I think we need to see promos out of him. Yeah. And they just need to Kenny Omega get the freak out of the whole picture. Gone. No more tag team. No more bromance talking about it that you want nothing to do with him anymore. We know this already. We knew this weeks ago. We don't need a follow-up, follow-up, follow-up with the same damn um, staple in the same storyline. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're stuck on the same <sighs> picture box of the same storyline arc. We don't need to continue to hear this and see this. We get it, Kenny. You don't want to be with him anymore. Move on, then. What I wonder is, what I wonder is, I wonder if this is a case of, uh, obviously, again, Tony Khan has big respect and appreciation for for Kenny Omega. He wouldn't have had him be one of again the 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 pillars coming into this whole thing. I almost wonder if if Tony's being maybe too hands off, trying to let Kenny and, and. page trust them to do this and they have like this long great slow burn i, I almost wonder if somebody needs to step in and say we need of to course fix some somebody things. needs to step in i mean no disrespect the young bugs i love them to death very good friends all right i help them get a job of god dang tna i love these guys to death i do but they, they've never ran a company before 
So, so, so I'm hoping people are stepping in and, and saying at the right times, that's a tough spot to be in because those are your EVPs, right? Right. But I'm hoping, but those guys are smart enough. I know yeah. the Bucks are at least yeah. to reach out for help and get it from the Billy Guns of the world, the, 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 uh, the Deans and the Arns. Um, I don't know Kenny, so I'm hoping he is too. I hope he's smart enough to be doing that. Um, other than that, somebody needs to step in and help him now because I expect him to be the top dog in that company. Yeah. And Paige was hot. Paige was super hot. So you don't want to, you know. Paige was hot, but Kenny Omega coming in was supposed to be oh, yeah. the number one wrestler in the world. Yeah. I'm talking about just three weeks ago or four weeks ago, Paige was hot. Paige, so yes. Paige get him back to drinking that Jack and acting crazy and being unpredictable and, and. Cowboy oh, shit. Yeah. That's what people got into. Well, if somebody if somebody wants to help them with the company, they also need again the refs. I mean, J- Jim Ross twice tonight in the first match, and then I think in the the last match, yeah. screaming about the refs. The first match, he's like, "Is there any other ref here?" Because <laughs> the ref kept missing everything, and like it was a terrible <laughs> job distracting them. And then at the end of the night, which we'll get to, he's like, "Are there?" He's like, "Come on, refs, is there anybody else here that can pull he these called, guys?" He called Omega out for wearing what he was wearing. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> so Degs dressed dressed up for the occasion. Yeah. Uh, Tina Miller saying Kenny should either attack him for real or move yes. on. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael yes. the virus saying I'm good with I'm good with slow burns. Y'all me need too. to chill out. Tell me what S- slow Michael. burn was was going downhill that picked back up and got awesome. Because yeah, usually, no. like MJF versus Cody was a slow burn, but that was good the whole time. It wasn't it's like not they a were slow burn. They're stopped. They're done. We were told they were done. We were told the exclamation mark was him walking off on his own after that pay-per-view and then to come back and go, yeah, I'm and going on commentary and saying literally the same things he said tonight, the last three weeks during yeah. his uh, hangman's matches, the same as slow burn. It feels like they don't know where they're going with this and they're yeah. buying time to get them somewhere. And if it's going to be a one-on-one single feud, then get, let's go because the slow burn Mike was when we thought, uh, Hangman was going to be the one to turn on Kenny for quite a while. If you remember when he was going to look like he was teasing the buckshot lariat when Kenny's back was turned in the ring months ago. Um, I want to say right before or after they won the tag titles. Um, that's how long this has been going. So this is a slow burn storyline. They were not a tag team to up the tag division. They were a tag team and tag team champions to go into a singles feud. They need to get to it. So next up, we got a backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, he's uh, knocking on the door of the Young Bucks, and uh, only Matt comes out. Matt says he's going to handle it. Uh, and uh, Tony asking questions, asking about, you know, have they lost title opportunities? Have they lost friendships? Uh, brings up FTR. Finally, Matt says, Tony, you're trying to make me mad. And I asked if he could see Tony's phone, destroys Tony Schiavone's cell phone, uh, then says he feels bad and pulls out a wad of cash and tosses at Tony to go get a, <coughs> an upgrade for a new phone. And uh, that's that. So more... More bucks being douchebags uh, here. I mean, they are being douchebags. But does anybody buy that they'd really be like this? No, that's that's a thing. I, I can't. Mean, they're, they're such. They're such a. They're such see, baby yeah, faces. They are, and this is going to be tough for them. But I hope they're able to do this because this is paramount for them to be able to be good heels, in my opinion, to get to that next level that they can still get to as a babyface tag team. Uh, well, and why turn heel now when they're going into a feud with FTR? FTR clearly heals, so why turn heel now? This is where people need to step in and stop this. Yeah. Also, all the, all the teams right now are are heels. All the big teams, other than uh, I guess the best friends, but Jericho and Hager just started a team. They're heels. 
Um, Young Bucks are, have turned clearly, and it just makes no sense to me. If you want the Young Bucks and FTR, keep Young Bucks babyface. If they want to turn heel, turn them heel after that. Also a little uh, odd, too, that they would decide to have the Bucks start to turn heel right when they're getting back to now selling tickets. I don't know. To me, that just seems odd. Like, they're advertising all night about how they have tickets on sale. We saw fans there. Like, that just seems <laughs> well, odd. That when you, you There's know. that, too. No, that's a good point. I just in general, it, it doesn't feel right. I don't know. But do you think their fan base cares if their no, heels are baby faces? They're going to get cheered because of how they wrestle. No and they're going to the, wrestle the same style, whether they're heel or faces. I hope they don't. I hope, I'm, I, hope I am pleasantly surprised. Where Matt starts going to the top rope and like eh, eh, and climbs right back down, or yeah. so, you know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. They got to keep their matches short doing that, I'll say. But yeah. still, just take everything away from the fans. That'd be major heat. <laughs> uh, real quick, Joey Ardor John saying, just in general, in general, I thought AEW was off tonight. Most everything felt flat and slow. I thought Cody coming back was way too soon. Raj, please watch BTE and DK. DK, I, I guess he mean I think he means Dark. Um, what does he mean? I think it's dark. DK, what else would... Yeah, it probably must be dark. Oh, dark. Yeah. Um, Dude, you'll love B... It's a good show. I've watched it a couple times. <laughs> All right, so next up, we got a title match uh, for the TNT Championship. Brody Lee defending against Orange Cassidy. This was... Uh, you know, it, it, The first part of the match was Brody dominating, as you would figure he would. Yes. Um, and then Orange gets a big kind of comeback. It, it, I, I I love Orange Cassidy's comeback. Big comeback. He's really he's doing all the shtick. He he's got Brody flustered. Um, some of the Dark Order members start getting involved, um, and ultimately ends up being that. Uh, uh, well, uh, Orange Cassidy getting ready to hit his big punch. Brody throws John Silver in the way he hits John Silver. That gives uh, a chance for Brody to hit the power bomb, and then he does his discus uh, spinning clothesline, Close and that gets the victory for Brody Lee. But then lights shut out. What do we have here? And by the way, I want to give credit to AEW commentators. Lights go out. And in WWE, it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. When lights go out, and it's always like, oh, my God, what's happening? Who's here? Who, who was that? AEW played it nice and calm. Lights go out, and Tony Schiavone just goes, hmm, who do we have here? And, like, just a, just a much more natural, organic reaction versus the over-the-top stuff. So I want to give credit to and, AEW. And, and when they knew it was Cody, they were like, oh, well, are they, like, is this a ruse by the Dark Order? You know, like, they, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't like, whose music is that when it's someone's music you've heard over and over? Right. So I just want to give credit to AEW because I thought that was good. Uh, anyways, it ends up being Cody. Cody pops up the entrance way he comes out. Just uh, obviously Brody scatters, but the minions uh, get a taste of Cody, who is just uh, aggressive fashion. He's back with uh, dark hair and more of the blonde. So Cody is back, and he is coming for the Dark Order. Matt, what would you think of the match and uh, Cody's return? I liked it. I saw some fans thought it was too early. Um, maybe. Maybe. But I also feel this show needs him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, I do. Yeah, especially with Lance Archer out and everything, and the you know main event plans kind of got thrown in the that, air. That I changes think, things. Yeah, yeah you, you got to sometimes you know uh, make an audible, and uh, you know. So Cody had been filming that game show that's going to be uh, debuting on TBS, uh, and he had he had he had teased that he was going to be there tonight uh, before the show. So it's kind of expected. I, I thought he was going to cost Brody Lee the title. So I'm glad they did this instead because oh, I thought it's way God. too soon I for Brody Lee to lose. I would have kicked my television in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, I definitely agree with you, Rod. I think this was an audible because I definitely got the feeling in the rumblings that I heard when when Cody disappeared from TV that those would be a lot longer than right. I mean, what it's about. It's been four or five weeks. Where 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 can I find these rumblings? On Wrestling Inc. Check it yes. out. 
Put your ear to the ground, Matt Morgan. So rumblings is wrestling rumors? No, no. You know how plans and wrestling change all the time. But uh, I was trying to get him to stooge off if he's calling somebody. I don't, um, reveal, I don't reveal sources, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then backstage, Brody Lee grabs the mic and uh, call, says Cody, Cody's a coward uh, and basically uh, challenges him to, a, I think, a dog collar match and gives him a week to answer him. Brody's promo here was awesome, I thought. It, it reminded me of like those 80s NWA promos where they're, you know, the wrestler just kind of <coughs> grabs the mic, super pissed, yes. you know, and, and issues that challenge. So I, I thought that it, was awesome. It, it needed to be because his promos have, and he's a good promo, but his promos yeah. lately have not been good. They've been off. Yeah. Especially when he won the title. I, I was really disappointed in his promo after yeah. he won that title. It was terrible. And I don't like saying that. I like Brody. But tonight's was fire. Um, I do like that. I like AEW has been doing a good job with this, if you notice. When they come back through that ramp, they just grab a freaking mic right there or the camera. They'll just pull the camera right to the guy's face when it's Moxie or something. Steaming hot and just cut that promo right to the camera right there. It looks so less set up. It looks more organic. It feels more organic. Yeah. Like you said, NWA, like yeah. it's, it's almost like that the new NWA does where they have like that interview right. table kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like when the match is done, they come out and they start talking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just such a better flow. You just know that you're going to get the guys to speak honestly versus right. the, the, the terrible way that WWE has turned backstage promos into, which is my guests at this time and, and they <laughs> bring them in. It just, it's, yeah. a, it's a, such a, such a sterile, bland yes. uh, environment. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, real uh, quick, a couple of people uh, just asking why I don't like being the elite. I find being the elite entertaining when I watch it. The only thing is I find it counterproductive. Like like after this tonight, Brody Lee cutting that fire promo, saying he wants Cody in a dog collar match. Now seeing them on the next being the elite joking around and you know uh, arguing over pizza just takes me out of it. I, I, so I think just uh, just takes me out. I, I don't want to see Orton and Edge hanging out after Orton just attacked Edge brutally like earlier this year. All of those characters on that show, I would say yes for. But Brody's a dick on that show, too. He's not funny on purpose. Um, but the rest of them, yes. It does break. I'll admit it. A lot of it does break kayfabe. Um, and even some storylines here and there. But I normally would care. I don't know why I don't. And I'm more entertained by that show. Sometimes more than I am even AEW itself. Yeah. There's a certain, I mean, and Matt, you fall into this. I think you'd admit this. There is a there is an, a passionate AEW fan base that they, they kind of let them, they kind of let them slide on a lot of rules. This being I, one I of them, I just admitted it right there. Yeah, like, yeah. and I normally wouldn't. Yeah, this is true, and I don't know why I, I'm entertained by it though. I think here's here's why I think here's here's my what I think it is for you and for everybody that that feels the same way. I think it's because. WWE has been so unopposed for real competition in the last 20 years, and things and portions of WWE's presentation has gotten so bad, watered down, or what have you, that people are they just want they want AEW to succeed and they want AEW to challenge and make the whole business, especially WWE, better. So I think it's like we're not you and other fans like that are just like you know what I'm not going to give AEW a hard time because I, I want their I want it to work. But when they were doing BTE before AEW is even a thing, I was like their number one fan. But I, I, thought, I, I, I thought it was great then because you didn't have TV and you didn't you didn't have these feuds then. And they I just were, think, they were in like New Japan and stuff, right? Yeah, they're like yeah. But they yeah um, they do break up a lot on it. If this was something else, I'd be calling them out. But yeah, being hypocritical. But I do love it. It's my favorite show. <laughs> it is. Right. So we get Matt Hardy on his birthday uh, limping out to the ring uh, alongside Private Party. Uh, Matt cutting a promo talking about how he was attacked. 
a week earlier, and uh, Jericho and Jake Hager are his prime suspects, Jericho namely. Uh, was, um, so then Jericho and the rest of the inner circle come out, back and forth, back and forth, and basically we're going to get Isaiah Cassidy is going to have a match next week against Jericho, and uh, Isaiah Cassidy's big tagline, uh, what if I make Chris Jericho my le champion bitch? They use that line too much. Making you my bitch. They they use that a lot. And in WWE too, I feel like that general, line. Yes, they do. That's um, always the go the go home line. I'm excited for that match though. I'll tell you that. He's gonna it's gonna but then it's up to them to follow through. They didn't mm-hmm. follow through when um uh Scorpio Sky had an amazing match with Jericho. There was not much follow up after that. I would have started grooming him that minute. If you were talking about a, a TNT title or something like that, I would have thrown that thing on him. I would have groomed him for that after his Scorpio Skies match versus Jericho. Now, what's his um, uh, uh, Isaiah? What, what, what's his name? You said Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy. Isaiah's Cassidy. Isaiah Cassidy. Making names up. He's he's off the freaking hook. Like he's this is going to be an amazing match, and I hope the. But what sucks is the tag wrestler. So. They're gonna. They're not gonna break the tag team up, you know, to get this guy in some sort of singles push. Although I do think that's his future. I, I no offense to his partner. Yeah, I see it, Cassie. I mean, this was his first promo. I think his first like singles promo from the ring. He was. You could tell he's a little nervous, but you know, yes. cutting a promo against Jericho. Uh, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Nerve wracking. Right. Yeah, but uh, he held his. You know, he held his own. It, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, and I and you know Jericho's doing going to do everything he can to make make him get him good. over yeah. big time. Yep. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, so it's Jericho's 30 years next year. Oh, I mean next year. Uh, is it next week or no, the week two week, two, two October seventh? I think. Oh, gotcha. That's yeah, so they got a big two weeks. They're going to have October seventh, 30 years of Jericho to celebrate. And you know they're going to pull out all kinds of great. I mean, I I, I got to think Jericho's got to do some of the things that like. Remember the old WCW thing where he had the uh, man of a thousand of four holds and he read all the holds? Have Dean Malenko come out? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to think they're going to like rehash some things that they can get away with without infringing on anything copywritten by WWE. Well, Dean Malenko um, works there. They could easily yeah. do something with them. And, yeah. But that's that week. And the next week is the one year anniversary of Dynamite where they're going to obviously have, you know, they're going to, it's probably going to be like a pay per view caliber show. So, right. Um, the next thing, Raj, I, I walked in the room halfway through this. So, I, Fill me in here. So FTR, I, I walked into FTR being in the ring cutting a promo to the best friends, and FTR basically not yeah. fighting them, and they said that they're going to have a match next week against SA. <laughs> what happened here? Did you catch this? So, so Tully, I, I think Tully kind of flubbed up this promo a little bit. Um, what was it called? The blow, the Gold Rush? 20 uh, Minutes with Greatness? Is 20 that? Minutes of Greatness. That's what it was. So Tully, I, I think, forgot to say that line. It's kind of unclear what he was saying. He's saying next week they're going to face SCU and, and, and there's 20 minutes and a match is usually an hour, but this time it's 20 minutes. And then uh, uh, Cash uh, Cash Wheeler, I mean, not Cash Wheeler, uh, Dax Harwood got in and said uh, it's brush with greatness. So what it, what it sounds like is it's a 20 minute, they have 20 minutes to beat the champs. They didn't make it clear if it's non-title or not, because otherwise all it is is that if it's a draw, it counts as a win for FTR on their win loss record. But what so, I'm asking was, the best friends Chuck and Trent were out there ready to have a match with them. Yeah. So and then, like and 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 and, and uh, FTR is like no, like you're just because you win in a street fight doesn't mean you're worthy of. Yeah, yeah. So so after they announced next week for SCU, then the best friends came out, uh, Trent, and then he said, "Come on, let's do this match now." Uh, they they sound looked like they were accepting, but then they said no and walked away. So. Uh, teasing something in the future for that. 
Okay. Well, yeah, like I said, I came in halfway through, but yeah, that sounds like nothing really went <laughs> came off completely. Uh, yeah. I mean, the stiff didn't really it didn't do much unless it's you if you beat the champs within 20 minutes, you get a title shot. But it, it, the way they were talking at the end of that segment, it made it sound like the 20 minute whatever it's called uh, yeah. is for the titles. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so that's next week. Uh, all right. Next up, we get a tag team match with the women, Thunder Rosa and uh, Hikaru Shida up against Ivelisse and Diamante. Um, this one ended uh, ultimately with uh, a victory for the baby faces. This saw uh, Shida get the uh, victory over Diamante uh, with a running knee and the pinfall there. So Very uh, predictable match. Good yeah. match. Great stuff. Um, good match. What else do you say about it? Very predictable, though. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly what it should be. You have AEW's women's champion yes. get the pinfall, but you're not going to get the pinfall on the NWA champion right now. So it made sense. Yes. Yeah. Thunder Rosa and Ivelisse had some heat, I guess, last week um, during their match. But uh, Ivelisse has heat with everybody. I know, man. It's like, come, come on, on, you're getting your break, Ivelisse. What are you doing? We've been begging for you to get an opportunity. Stop messing them up, man. Yeah. Come on. She you're goes back to. She's a female main event talent, dude. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I just hope she's able to get it here because I don't even like her. I mean, I like her and her tag team. I do. I think mm-hmm. it's they work well together, her and Diamante, but I still think she's a huge star by herself. I really do. Yeah. I just want to see her get that chance, man. I hope she doesn't mess this one up because she's, mm-hmm. she's good. Yeah. It's uh, been, a, been a reputation as, as followed with her. Oh, <laughs> yes, I did, Bobby Burns. Way to redeem yourself. <laughs> oh, see, you had to talk shit at the end by saying, Morgan, go watch it. Dude, I'm going to come here. I'm going to pull your head down. No. Uh, I'm going to pull your head down. I'm going to wedge you. No. Um, did you guys see this Ben Carter versus Scorpio Sky? I did. We, we, have, we have an interview with Ben Carter yesterday, and I, 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 had, I had to watch it. This match was insanity. Insanity, insanity, insanity. Ben Carter is amazing. And uh, obviously, so is Scorp. This is a great yeah. match, guys. Watch it. It's called, uh, they didn't call it dark, though. They no, it was a one night dynamite. And we'll we'll yeah. get to that here in a minute. Late, it did a really good rating. Late, yeah, night dynamite. late night dynamite. It did a really good rating. I mean, it had the NBA lead in with the inside the NBA show, but still it, it did it was on at twelve thirty eight on the East Coast and it did five hundred and eighty five thousand viewers. So a really good number for that time slot. I hate to sound like a jerk, but that's when you're falling asleep. After the basketball game, you didn't turn the channel. Yeah. I, I mean I had to I would have kept I had it. a hard time staying up. Yeah, but once it once it was on, it was it was a good show. And, and you know, again, you were talking about Scorpio Sky. You got to give credit to Scorpio Sky too. But Ben Carter, yes, yeah, that was a star making performance. I'm sure he gets signed after that, for sure. We get in the backstage promo, another one with uh, MJF and Jericho. This was funny. Obviously, they had the thing in the past where they've <laughs> converged and they are just overly, overly complimentary to each other. And then as they walk away, they 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 let their true. Feelings about they they did it at it again until finally Jericho confronts MJF and MJF confronts Jericho, but they didn't really actually mean to call each other losers. They were talking about limo drivers and Tony Schiavone, and so they they so they they smile and kiss and make up. And uh, this I'm not sure this is a slow burn, uh, obviously, and but this is fun. I, I get a kick out of these guys on on screen every time. So yes, only good things are going to happen when they're both on. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was Absolutely. great. Uh, so they run down what we got next week. So next week on Dynamite Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy, Britt Baker finally returns into actual in-ring, not a cinematic uh, match. Mm-hmm. Uh, FTR versus SCU. We get Ricky Starks up against Darby Allen, and John Moxley Ooh. will appear, whether he is champion or not. Champion or not, because he's going to defend like him. In the, in the, yeah, I, I always appreciate when they at least acknowledge. Like that detail. Yep. yep. Um, 
So Moxley champion defending against Eddie Kingston. Uh, a, a match. I don't, I don't like going through all the moves and everything, basically. But at the end of the day, back and forth match. Both both sides get their their uh, their chances here. Ultimately, though, Moxley's got uh, like a like a bulldog choke on Eddie. Eddie never taps. So again, he never taps. He passes out or, or, or passes out. Referee stops the match. Moxley gets the win. Uh, before we get to the shenanigans after the match, Matt, what do you think of it? Good. This is great. I, I liked it. Like to see Eddie get a little bit in better shape now. He's getting this awesome opportunity. His promos are amazing. And I know, I'm not saying he's got to be a muscle-bound guy. He doesn't. Doesn't fit his character. Um, maybe it's his outfit. I don't know. Something there. Because, again, he's another one that I, I, I want to watch. Every time I tune in each week now, he's probably my top three act that I want to see. Yeah, maybe if he wore something like uh, New Jack gear or something, you know, something like that. Like, like he's uh, one that I think should be wearing that cutoff T-shirt, like like something like that, like to, to that effect. You know what I mean? We he, people give Kevin Owens a bit a hard time about wearing whatever he wears and things like that. This is the one that should be wearing something like that. It, where it, it works, it works. I agree. Can, Eddie is trying to dress like a wrestler, wearing spandex and this and that. Right. He should he should be dressed as if he was going to get a fight. On the yes, street, he, on the street, right. yes. yeah, he, yeah. He, he his promos, everything screams Street Fighter, and then uh, he's yes, stabbing people in the jobber yes. gear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Moxley gets the win, and then after the fact, um, Lucha Brothers run down. They start double teaming on Moxley. Then Will Hobbs, who, who again was supposed to be part of the original main event six man tag, he comes out to help save Moxley. Uh, then after that, we eventually get uh, Taz and Ricky Star. Or excuse me, um, Darby Allen comes out. Yeah, he runs out of the ring, skateboard, clears everybody. Then here comes Stark. Stark comes in, Spears, Allen. Uh, at the end of the, the end of the whole thing, all the heels over, uh, standing over tall, on the baby faces, and that's how Dynamite goes off. Real quick with Moxley, I, people who watched me nine years ago on Chair Shot Reality know that I was so excited when Moxley got signed to, uh, to FCW, and then I, I counted down for this Dean Ambrose to show up, and I had all these ideas. Shield, cool. Singles, Dean Ambrose, eh, but I, I let it pass because WWE. Got so excited for Moxley and AEW. Handcuffs off. I, I feel like John Moxley is like trying to sell me on him being a tough guy, but I'm not buying into it. I don't know. Like the 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 neck cracking and all the I'm so crazy. I just I don't know. Like I'm like I want I want to be your biggest fan, but I haven't. I don't know. Moxley See, I don't I don't I don't think he needs to be champion. I, I don't. I think the championship on his shoulder when he's doing all those crazyisms that he normally has and does, his body mechanics he does, you know, his isms, um, does not require him to be a champion to to do it. He's. I do think he's out there. Uh, I do buy into it, not all the way, but a little bit enough to give you that independent guy that he was doing for a long time there. Uh, as John Moxley, you know what I'm talking about? Those fire promos he was cutting. Um, well, I forget some of the names of those indie companies he was doing it with. I don't want to say Jakarta, but uh, CZW. CZW. Yeah, yeah. He was doing some really banger promos. Right. That's how I first found out who he was. And uh, people like this guy's like the next Roddy Piper. You should see him. You know, that kind of thing. And I started watching all of his crap on YouTube. It was like his promos are freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just don't think he is the main event, the top of the chain type of talent. He doesn't have to be, though. I don't, I don't believe he should be. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be. Yeah, and and kind of to that point, uh, you know, he's been champion for a while now. They're trying to push him as the guy, but I think almost anyone you ask who the top star in AEW is, everyone's going to say Jericho. 
And uh, yeah, it's not even a debate, you know, with Jericho and Moxley. And I don't see Moxley getting to that Jericho spot with, and, and his, that's okay. And that's which okay, is though. yeah, which is fine. Not everyone, yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, nobody thinks Drew McIntyre is the top dog in WWE. Right. I don't think they do. I think everyone would say Randy or somebody like that, or yeah. some, something to that effect. But that's why a championship can help. A championship can help the talent, not vice versa. Where Jericho made that title, this title is supposed to be helping Moxie, and that's the problem. This title hasn't been around long enough yet for it to be making anybody. It's a brand new title. Yeah, it doesn't have any lineage to it yet. It doesn't have Stone Cold hasn't wore it. Bret Hart hasn't wore it. Shawn Michaels had. You can't play highlight videos of all these other amazing talents that won that title beforehand, right. and now this guy's got it which automatically makes you go, wow, he's on the level of those guys. You know, because it's a new title. Yeah. So I would have kept it on Jericho. I'm dead serious. I would never have taken it off him. Well, they are. He is handicapped, too, right now with not having a crowd. And so, Definitely. No, no know. question. No, I'm not crapping on him. I'm a fan of him. I just don't think he needs a title. I think he's more over. I'm just being honest. I don't think he yeah. needs to have a title. Well, like with like, I can't say that I'm a fan of Omega, and I'm just, and that's why I said earlier, like, I don't think Omega translates. I am a fan of Moxley. I'm just calling the critique out of, like, I want him to, I, I just, I'm. You want the next step. The yes, next exactly. I want him to succeed. Not to say I want Kenny to fail, but I just don't get Kenny. Moxley, I like, back to what Matt said. I remember when I saw those CZW promos, yeah, I was hooked. And then when they tried to do the whole thing with he and Mick Foley at the Yo, hotel, the Foley stuff was awesome. That one, I mean, like, I know that there's so much potential, and I just feel like I'm getting a little there bit is. of a, a, I'm getting a little bit of a fake version of it. That's yeah. fair. No, that's so. a fair comment, man. All right. Uh, that, that was dynamite. Um, overall scale or grade, letter grade, scale to one to ten. What do you want? What, however you want to grade it. One to Matt. ten. One to uh, ten. Seven and a half, eight. Okay. Raj? I'll give it a, a seven. This is for dynamite. It's not a, I can't, a seven for this and a seven for raw are not the same thing, but dynamite's usually really good. I thought this was not as good as the past couple weeks and not even as good as last night. So I'll go with seven. Yeah, I'll go seven two. I, I thought the sh- I thought the show was better the first time. I thought it started to tail off. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, same. Okay, so let's do some NXT here. Uh, I know the NXT fans are gonna say we're gonna short change. So I'll try to give it attention, Good, but not, not but not go all damn night. <laughs> we open up uh, number one contenders battle royal for the women here. I believe sixteen women in it. Uh, you can read all the names on Wrestling Inc. But uh, yeah, <laughs> overall, Te- Tegan Knox was the only one who was uh, scheduled for it that wasn't uh, that wasn't in it. Uh, so we get a lot of different shenanigans, a lot of different stuffs going on here. Uh, Dakota Kyrie Ripley have uh, a subplot going on in here. Um, ultimately, though, what you need to know, uh, uh, an entertaining finish between Shotzi Blackheart and Candice LeRae on the steps outside. So a fun, creative finish of them. Remember, you got to have your feet hit the floor to be eliminated. So they're both on the steps. Ultimately, LeRae catapults Blackheart to the floor, and Candice LeRae is the new number one contender. So she will be going up against... Um, Oh, God. Raj, I just blanked on the champion's name. Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Thank you. Sorry. And it should uh, be noted that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Uh, it should be noted that they, they got rid of the, the people at ringside. There had been a, you know some COVID, positive COVID tests uh, at the NXT uh, with NXT last week. Um, so, yeah, they got rid of the fans. I don't know what they, they're doing and with they, content. And they piped in sound. Yeah, they piped in sound. So they went to the piped in sound without the peop- uh, you know, the developmental talent at, at ringside. I, I'm not sure if the commentary, if they moved them purposely. Uh, Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett weren't there this week. Um, and so... Tom did commentary there. Beth was still back at home doing commentary from remote. From, I believe is what how they did that. Right. 
yeah. So uh, there, so this cha- this show was uh, there was a lot of there were some changes to it, and I think with the the ta- with the tax stuff we'll get to, it feels like that was part of it. Yeah, uh, and, and and this is kind of uh, key timing because they are building to a takeover that is uh, a week from Sunday. So mm-hmm. um, another quick takeover, and and on a Sunday it should be noted takeovers normally Saturdays. So yeah. All right, uh, we get a Damian Priest backstage promo. He's going to have a match later. He, well, he's going to have a match at TakeOver against Johnny Gargano, but tonight he's going to go up against Austin Theory. Uh, Priest just talked about how Theory doesn't have a much of a winning record, but he's still a, a formidable uh, competitor. Um, we get a backstage with Fandango and NXT General Manager William Regal. This is pretty funny if you uh, like the comedy stuff and you missed NXT, go check it out. Fandango dressed like Sherlock Holmes, talking with a British accent, which is annoying William Regal. Uh, Fandango has like a big whiteboard up, and it's a big number one contendership for the tag team algorithm. Uh, basically, it's uh, basically it's taking one participant from each of the Fantastic. main tag teams, and then making the <laughs> team up together in a in a tournament, which we will get some of later. Which, as Raj alluded to, it looks like it was an, part of the audibles being called. So it's it's a pretty good. Uh, if you want to find something fun, to go back and watch this skit. Uh, we get uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Jake Atlas. It was what it should have been. Uh, Ciampa very much on the offensive most of the match, and at the end of the time, at the end of the match, uh, goes on and hits his fairy tale ending uh, to get the one, two, three. So Tommaso Ciampa standing tall. Uh, Matt, you a Ciampa fan? Ch- absolutely, he's a star. I think he's a star. I know you guys think he's short or whatever, but the the presentation of him last week and this week for me looked like a star. No, I, th- I agree. I think he's got a great look, and he looks the part in NXT. I just think yes. on the main roster, you know, you know, we've seen time and time up. again with Vince. Yeah, he, he looks. He's worth doing this right with, in my opinion. Keep him away from the other tall guys. You got a roster full of diminutive talents everywhere, right. galore yeah. even. Freaking keep him with them, because it's but, worth it with for him, in my opinion. He could be a huge star. Yeah, because when you did put him against Karrion Cross. It what was believable when Karrion Cross destroyed him. You know. Yes. Yeah. To 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 his credit, obviously he yeah he is only like five eight, but he makes up for the height with with the look, the scariness, the intensity. Yes, so. that's what we're saying. But yeah. but you can't take away from when they do a hard cam shot and he comes up to uh, Braun Strowman's belly button. That <laughs> what in the hell? That just looks like something that Braun Strowman just crapped out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, it's don't do that. Don't put him in those situations. It's, he's worth it for me. Like they used to do with Shawn Michaels. Actually, they were very smart with Shawn Michaels on his build. They kept him away for quite a while from bigger talents. And then when they did put him next to big talents, the bigger talents didn't want to sell for him. They went and got him the heater, which made sense. But well, they did take a long time. If you'll remember before when Shawn was a singles act, they kept him around the Rick Martels and, and the people of a certain, certain height. Right. Well, and even, even, yeah, yeah. And even into um, 95, 96, uh-huh. when Sean was carrying the company, they then made it the gimmick that he was like a giant killer, that he could beat Sid, Diesel, Vader. Yeah, they made that. They made they just made that yeah. part of the shtick, you know. So mm-hmm. you got to remember the build to get there, though, to make it believable first. You've yeah. got to get past the visual. You, you you can't just go to the visual first. They didn't do that. They yeah. went. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. You don't have Ric Flair beating Nikita Koloff. When no one knows who Ric Flair is, but once Ric Flair is built, uh, and and his, you know, then it's believable. Just don't show the visual. Don't show the visuals. All I'm saying, don't put him in situations where guys are much taller than him. Not yet. Give him a good year before you start doing that, and then start booking him that way that he's this giant killer. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. 
so after the Champa gets the win, uh, we actually saw uh, they always do these really well. A nice little profile vignette on Ridge Holland talking about how he, you know, they show clips of him playing rugby, how it's the most violent sport in the, in the world. And so this just was a good little. If you if you haven't seen Ridge Holland before, this is a good little uh, endorsement of him, and he's going to be in action later up tonight. Uh, so then we get into this this tag team, whatever. And switcheroo, Roderick Strong, yeah, switcheroo. He, Roderick Strong is paired with Danny Birch. They go up against Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza. So, Raul Mendoza. So they all represent a, a different team. Uh, I'll be honest. I kind of turned away from this. I can't even say kinda, that. Kinda, kinda. Yeah. yeah, it could have been well, commercial on AEW. I still <laughs> would not be watching this. Yeah, well, I, I say kind of because I had a screen on the entire time in the room that had NXT always on. So it was always on, but I just had no interest in this. I'm sorry. Anybody in that ring? No, no. So uh, it ends up being oh, at least who won. <laughs> it ends up being uh, a victory for uh, Danny Birch and Roderick Strong. But I. Ah, yeah. oh, sweet. <laughs> Moving uh, on. And Chris went with the $2 <laughs> super chat saying, so glad that O'Reilly broke out tonight as a star. It's not akin to being the world's tallest short person, but God. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, Bernie DC was saying, really depressing thought. Only Axe and Smash left from the 1990 Survivor Series match with the Ultimate Warrior, Kerry Von oh, Eric, bro. and Legion of Doom versus Mr. Perfect and Demolish. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's my man, Bernie. He, he's from DC. He's a good he's a good viewer of this show. He's really loyal. <clears throat> yeah. That's depressing. Thanks, man. <laughs> have you ever looked at the stat of like you know like 1992 was like one of the best Royal Rumbles? Have you ever looked at the stat of how many people out of the 30 in the 92 Rumble are gone? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I was I was re- I was skim- watching WrestleMania five one time. This is like skimming through it because um, I was looking to watch Hogan versus Macho Man again, and just the number of people that are no longer with us that are on the card. There's way more people not with us anymore on that card than than are. Um, so as everybody knows, back here to NXT, uh, it looks like that Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish versus uh, Danny Burch and Orny Loken will take place sometime later. That'll and that will be what determines the new number one contenders for the NXT Tag Champions up against Breezango. So that's that's where we're at there. Uh, we get Damian Priest versus Austin Theory. I'm a huge Damian Priest fan. Again, I recommend you watch this match. I mean, it's a competitive match. They give Austin Theory uh, some offense in here. Uh, Priest, again, I can't praise him enough. I love the big man's work. He, he, he's a big man. He works like a big man at times. He does throw in the, the you know, he, he does the old school top rope walk like Taker. He's a huge Taker fan, but then he turns it into a cross body suplex. I, just a great match. I really enjoyed watching this. Um, and and, and to the end of it, he gives his finisher the reckoning to Austin Theory, and Damian Priest gets a victory. After the match, he gets his vest back on, he poses, lights are on him, and then Johnny Gargano kicks him. Uh, super kicks them out of the shadows again to set up for their match at Takeover. Matt is a you know you're you're still taller than Damian Priest by several inches, but uh, what, what do you think of this? What how much how much have you got to watch a Damian Priest work uh, from a big man standpoint? He's good. How tall is he? I think real life about six 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 seven. Is he really? Yeah. Huh. I've been he's watching like this whole time, thinking six three six four. That's crazy. I know he's that tall. Yeah. Um. He's awesome. I've always. I've, from day one, he's always looked like a main uh, roster star, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Of all the guys on the the roster right now in NXT, uh, excluding Karrion Cross, he's the one I see most likely. You I know, no idea he was six six. Jeez. Yeah, most likely I could see it on top of, of a pay per view. Uh, after so uh, you know, Gargano look is standing tall. Afterwards, uh, 
this some of you might have missed this again if you're trying to catch between this and AEW. I actually there's saw a, this. There's a high joke in there saying that's an oxymoron saying Johnny Gargano stands tall. Standing tall. But continue. <laughs> to be fair, he had Priest laying on the ground and he was like kneeling over him, so he was standing tall on a on a, a laid out <laughs> Priest. Um, they showed. So again, if you missed this because you're fighting between two shows. They showed this vignette, and I didn't know. I mean, the first thirty seconds, or not thirty, first ten seconds, I didn't know if this was still NXT or if we had moved to commercial, because it, it looked like a video game, and it's somebody trying to. It's a voice. I really couldn't hear what they're saying, and they're trying to break a piece of glass that has the NXT title inside of it, mm-hmm. and then as the camera goes up, you, you then can see tap out. You can see NXT signage, so you know this is still an NXT thing. This person, again, throws something again at the glass. The glass doesn't break. And then a the date comes up for uh, what is going to be the next takeover, October 4th, I think. So this is some mystery person that they're, it sounds like they're going to inject into the NXT title picture, uh, which, of course, Finn Balor is the champion and will defend. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Raj, do you have any idea who this is? Maybe Karrion Cross is he his injury? No way that, that soon. I mean, it was that uh, that serious, right? And they would have took if, if it was going to be this quick. They would have took the title off of him. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, to, I to hope, be in the title picture, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, whoever this is, they're I mean, they are thrusting directly, and which would make sense because you know we ended up crowning who the number one contender is, which we'll get to in a second, up against Finn. I don't see Finn dropping this title, so like this feels like it's just a reason to get Finn out there to the ring to have whoever this mystery person is eventually yes. confront him. So, uh-huh. uh, so something to keep an eye on. Um, all right, we get Rich Holland up against. They call him Antonio DeLuca. I want to give a shout-out. He's actually he, uh, a Pittsburgh talent uh, that goes by the name Mambo Italiano. He works here at IWC Wrestling with us. Very entertaining guy. Glad he got this uh, spot. Uh, he gets squashed by Rich Holland, who just shows off all of his uh, impressive strength. So, Rich Holland, good old-fashioned squash match. Well, uh, it was. It was yep. pe- a lot of people are saying Tessa Blanchard. Dude, that's a good one. Oh, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, for the NXT be. women's title. Yeah. There's a couple Bobby Roods in there. Former champion. Yeah. That's true. Sad. I couldn't. I couldn't tell if it was a Justin Labar. Well, I couldn't tell if it was a men's or women's <laughs> I'm just title. Joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, NXT. They don't. The, the belts don't really look that different. Yeah. That would be good, though. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Um, we do get a backstage of uh, they're talking to Io Shirai, and then Candice and Johnny come and confront her, and then as that happens, Damian Priest opens the door, and then he gets a shot in a Gargano. So. They couldn't uh, but, even let a whole show go by with <laughs> the, with Gargano keeping his heat. He got about twenty five minutes. Seriously, this is what's wrong with today's wrestling, man. They press fast forward. They, never mind. You got about twenty five minutes. All right, and finally, I have to actually, I had actually to take a piece of notes for this because this was hard to keep track of. So we get the uh, five man gauntlet elimination match. This is not like your typical gauntlet where you right, have two guys, right? Where somebody gets pinned and then the next guy. This is kind of like Royal Rumble style, where every yeah. four minutes. Somebody new comes out, no matter how many competitors are still in there. So uh, your five competitors. It starts out with uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. Uh, nothing happens to those two. Bronson Reed comes in. Now you have a triple threat. Uh, ref, people are down. Ref's distracted. Velveteen Dream comes in, hits the Dream Valley driver on Kushida. That then opens up for Reed to hit the tsunami, and that eliminates Kushida. Uh, in comes Timothy Thatcher. Nothing happens. In comes Cameron Grimes. Um Bronson Reed misses his tsunami. O'Reilly hits a flying knee, eliminates Bronson Reed. 
See ya. O'Reilly rolls up Timothy Thatcher. That eliminates Thatcher. So now we're down to O'Reilly and Cameron Grimes. And ultimately, O'Reilly makes Cameron Grimes tap. So Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era getting a little bit of a breakout singles, at least for a few I, weeks here, as he's going to challenge. I, 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 I like this a lot, though. I do, because of the group, he's the one. You know, he's the one, obviously, of the th- when I say the group, I mean the three um, from Undisputed Era that excluding Adam Cole, exclude, yeah, because there's four of them. So without Adam Cole, there'd be three left. So out of the three, you know, he's the one I think has the most potential. Hey, him and Finn, I mean, that's going to be a good match. No, no, it'll question. be a great match. Yeah. It will, but it doesn't exactly scream. You know, like box office, like for a, a takeover main event. I mean, just you know, it it just kind of feels like they had no time to build someone up, so they're just throwing someone in there. Well, I hope he does something with it. Yeah. Can that, especially if the uh, mystery person is for the women's division, like can Finn and Kyle O'Reilly headline a takeover? Is that going to be a big enough what boom he just finish? Said. That's literally what he just said. He said no. There. It ain't box office enough. He feels. Well, he said, yeah, that's. I'm, yeah, it's not a big box office to draw you into watching. But then when you watch, can you put anything else last? Like you know, like instead of it, you mean? Yeah. Would you put Priest and Gargano last? Is, is this mystery person supposed to be there? That's what I'm asking. If the mystery person I, is, is a woman, Tessa, if it's Tessa Blanchard, I put that last. You put the women's title match last. Yes, and there has to be a title switch. Yes. What if you have Kyler Riley beat Finn, and Adam Ooh. Cole turns on him? And, uh, and then you got the Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Adam Cole uh, feud, and the Undisputed Era breaks up because the Undisputed Era feels a little like it's 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 done. Um, it, it is. I'm worried about the other two just not. But I attacking into space, just being disappeared into space somewhere. Yeah. But I think that they have done everything. I mean, Adam Cole had such an incredible NXT run. Record champion, then he has the Pat McAfee oh, yeah. thing. Yes. I think Adam has done pretty much everything he's going to do with NXT and with the draft coming in October, supposedly. I, I think Adam is destined for all SmackDown. Okay. And then the other three guys, I don't know. Okay, yeah. but why, I, I think part of that could be true. I think he could still turn on Kyle Rowe to cost him the match on his exit to being drafted in October. Yeah, then O'Reilly beats Adam Cole. Adam Cole leaves. There you go. So that was you NXT. Got a new star. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Uh, so doing a favor on the way out, I guess. All right. So that was NXT. Uh, uh, I, I mean, mind. I'll give it a six. NXT. I mean, the action solid on NXT. Just the storytelling and the characters. It it just took a big big hit after Karrion Cross got injured. There's just nothing that interesting. Like. <laughs> He was so interesting. He was so interesting. I mean, Balor versus O'Reilly was is going to be a great match, but I was ten thousand times more excited about Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross with with that oh, build and yeah. how they did. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Eh. I mean, I thought this was this was a very average episode of NXT. Yeah, it's a, it's a six and a half, seven. There was yeah, nothing I, to put this in perspective, guys. You know what uh, a dub mark I am. There was nothing on AEW that would take my eyeballs off of NXT. When it was Karen Cross being uh, built mm-hmm. uh, um, versus what's his name? You just said it. Uh, um, Keith Lee. Yeah. Keith Lee, sorry. Like, Jesus. Even just his, even just his entrance. The entrance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And even when he would wrestle and you knew it's going to be a squash, they, they did just I, such a good yep. job of building him. I was watching yep. it. Yep. Never take my eyes off it. Yep. 
And that's why uh, Justin Lopez was kind of agreeing with what I was saying. He's saying this has evolution turning on Orton written all over it. Because if Cole isn't getting called up, he's in limbo right now. So uh, so that was NXT. Yeah, if I gave AEW a 7, I'll give NXT a 6.5. Yeah, I give it a 6. Again, it, when I say it, it's for that show. Because uh, I did, I found, I, found, I found AEW Dynamite way easier to watch than NXT this week. As far as repeat value and just... It's easy. The promos were much better. Jericho was. What do you mean repeat value? What does that mean? Like I could watch it again. Like there's a lot of segments I could watch again. There's nothing on NXT I'd watch again. Okay, so for your wrestling headlines, we already touched on obviously the passing of Road War Animal. Uh, We mentioned Lance Archer. He's out for two weeks, uh, recovering from COVID nineteen. So that's called some uh, creative audibles in AEW. The last Mm -hmm. thing that we plan to bring up that we have not, this, I think is the most, this Raj, I got to imagine it's going to do great traffic because anything with, with CM Punk does. And this (laughs) This is the, the, and and this is about, and this is this, I can't recall the last time an active WWE talent, like really came out and fired back at CM Punk. Uh, so, uh, here we go. So obviously the retribution uh, group has been a big topic this week of the names. So we have, of course, you know, slapjack, which is, uh, uh, that's Shane Thorne. We have Mace, who's Dio Madden. We have T-Bar, who's Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, all of them have changed their social medias to reflect such um, and, and are giving reasons of the names and whatever. Well, CM Punk, as he's known to do, took a jab on Twitter about T-Bar. No, no, he, it was... Uh, or was it Slap, slap Slapjack? Because Slapjack has the... The mask. The mask. The, 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 the white... Yeah. The hockey mask kind of looking thing. Right, so he has like the like the, Vor- the Jason Voorhees mask, and what Punk had say? Punk said uh, he he put a picture of the mask up, and he said, "When you're bored and catering, and there's an abundance of paper plates." Um, <laughs> so that's what he said about Slapjack's mask. Well, <laughs> P-Bar posted a screenshot of CM Punk's comments and had this to say to CM Punk. Mind you, this is an actor WWE talent firing back at CM Punk. He says. You mock my brother Slapjack because you're a coward like every current and former WWE superstar. You tease leading retribution, but will not follow you to failure like your new nexus. Uh, we will destroy this place piece by piece, including you if you ever show up. So, I mean, this is, again, that WWE was, talents. That was good. Yeah, that, that was this is good. this is a little bit of a, a retribution for retribution, I think, this week. I thought that was, that was a 10-8 round for Punk. There was nothing too. There was there was nothing too shooty about the talent saying that back to him. I like how he tied it into a storyline. In fact, actually, smart on him for doing that. All I get, all I'm going to see is a paper plate on his face now, though. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, then you could say the same thing about you know, Rock coming out there and calling his ass out, having Mickey Mouse tattoos, and and being Triple H calling him skinny fat, and 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 the list goes on. Or Kevin Nash saying this looks like the guy that should be changing my oil at Jiffy Lube. <laughs> those could stiff, those could stick in my head too, but you, you choose not to. Um, I I hate to see a guy talk shit like that, and then not want to go back to the business. I don't know. I don't know. It was cute when he used to do it. I don't think it's cute. I don't know. You're, you're tired of it. <sighs> he's not. He's not tough. He's not tough. We've seen it. Um, not that you have to be tough to shoot on people, but I don't know what it is. It's tired for me. It used to be cool, but these are young talents, and we all do it. We all make fun of them. We all mock them. I get it. But you're seeing punk. So, like, when you write something like that, every wrestling mark on the planet reads that, yep. and you shit on the kid before he gets a real chance. Hmm. You know what no, I mean? I, get, get, get him some time first, then shit on him. 
I get what you're saying, Matt. You, you have Punk. You, you have Punk who WWE. If, if if Punk if Punk wanted to, WWE would have him back in a minute. And it's like you, you have. Well, you know, WWE would bring him back. They, they would. Know. They, they, no, they would. They wow. Would. They didn't oh, even yeah. try talking to him when he uh, he was doing he was the talks with Fox. Uh, look, look. Here's the thing: wow. you have CM Punk, who, yeah, who's who's talking crap. Like Matt said, what he says, so many fans. He's so influential to so many fans, and, and what they're going to give it a chance to, and not. And yes. you're t- and you're talking legit shit on a, an active talent who's, by the way, just doing whatever creative is giving them. It's not like you know. So, and you're gonna you 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 talk from your high spot, but you're not even willing to come back and try to help the talent in kayfabe yes. and come back yes. and earn a record payday because you'd get paid whatever the hell ever the the f you yes. want. But you, because yes. you're holier than thou, you're not going to come back for your payday. You're not even going to come back and help T-Bar or Slapjack by getting into a storyline with them. So it is kind of like, yeah, shut up and don't put your comments out there on blast. I get I mean, it. It used to be, yeah, it used to be edgy. It used to be very good zingers. That's a good zinger, too. I'm not saying it's not. He's incredibly witty and clever. Everybody knows that. But I don't know. As a young okay guy, he hasn't, had his, he hasn't had his chance yet. You know what I mean? I don't know. Is it okay to still call him T-Bag and Slap Nuts, or should we stop doing that? <laughs> because... We're not CM Punk, and we don't have millions and millions and millions of wrestling marks like gonna take what we say and then go to the arenas and not buy their stuff, not buy their merch, and treat them like a J Brown. It won't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not the same. <laughs> now that oh. I just completely punked all three of us out. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'd be like, like when Hogan would do that, it was always to angle himself into a storyline with right, that right. said talent. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always appreciated maybe, that at least. Maybe one more match, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, do you know what I mean? I always kind of appreciated that. But I don't know. Just shut up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have to see all my CM Punk tweets via Wrestling Inc.'s reporting because he blocked me many, many years ago. So. <laughs> so I can't see myself. All right. So that was uh, that was Wednesday in wrestling. Um Raj, anything else? Anything uh, yeah, we, actually, we have a, a new interview with Lance Archer that was just conducted a couple days ago. Dropped today. Uh, so it was obviously <clears throat> before the COVID stuff. So uh, check that out on Wrestling Inc. And uh, yeah, just a, we got a bunch of cool stuff coming up on Wrestling Inc. So keep checking it out. Matt, put yourself over. Plug yourself. There it is. Twitter, Instagram, BP Matt Morgan. All right, I'm at uh, at Justin Labar. I'll be on the Wrestling Inc. Daily tomorrow afternoon with Nick Hausman talking whatever headlines break between now and then. And then Friday morning, I will be on Sirius XM Radio with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca. Thanks, everybody, who's been here tonight. Thanks for all the comments and Super Chats. Much appreciated. The Super Chats help keep things rolling and, uh, and, and doing well. Uh, for Matt, for Raj, I'm Justin. We'll see you back here on Friday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.